Hey there. This week, May 13th, the 17th only, I will be rerunning a special series about conscious and intentional manifestation based on Eckhart Tolle's relaunch of his top-rated online course called The Spiritual Guide to Conscious Manifestation. Now, he typically runs this every year, but it's been on hiatus since June of 2021. So I wanted to, you know, celebrate this relaunch because it's such a popular series and he has so much wisdom and insight to share on the topic. And he's of higher consciousness, according to ConsciousnessCalibrations.com, which should be no wonder to any of us. So... In addition to this special five-part series I'm doing on the podcast this week, which you're going to hear references maybe to 2021, so ignore those because this is my preemptive shot at letting you know that's the case. But Eckhart has two free five-part mini-series that he always does with uh, launches of his online course. You can see his teaching style and what you're going to learn. And the first one is called The Power of Conscious Manifestation. And the second one is How to Consciously Manifest in Today's World. You can get instant access to both of these in the links in the podcast notes below or simply go to themindbodyspiritnetwork.com on our homepage. It's our featured uh, top billing event for the month of May. So you'll see it right on top and you can get access to all that good stuff there. Now, on to today's episode. What if you could heal yourself, your lineage, and generations yet to come? Ancestral wisdom and wounding can be passed on for generations, whether imprinted in your DNA, held in the unresolved issues of the dead, or taught through the cultural narrative. According to our special guest, a leading ancestral healing teacher, Christina Pratt, ancestors who struggle with the same wounds or challenges you now carry can offer especially powerful medicine. By entering into right relationship with them, you can also enlist the help of your ancestors to clear any stagnant, unresolved energies passed down from your unwell ancestors to heal your lineage and free your family line. Now, when I first read this, Christina, I'm like, sign me up, sign me up, (laughs) sign me up. And I didn't know it was an issue until the Shift Network did the Ancestral Healing Summit, Mm -hmm. which you just told me you were a part of. And what was really interesting about that summit, Christina and viewers, is um, I, I'm a online marketer, so I pay attention to analytics and see what's going on, like what's going on. And when I launched that summit on my website and did the interviews with some of the participants, web traffic skyrocketed. Like, whoa, what's going on with ancestral healing? So I've just kind of, it's just kind of started to come into my awareness. And I, um, I'm a bit of a clairvoyant and I was asking for guidance not too long ago, and I got this image of two cement blocks like the size of a storage unit. Two, boom, boom, land in front of me. <laughs> what do you think one of them was? <laughs> Father's line and mother's line. <laughs> well, well, one of them was had to do with um, generational stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, the other sure. one had to do with something else, but mm-hmm. it was interesting that it was like no mistaking the enormity of it. It's huge. Two big block. Thank you. I'm like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, how am I supposed to deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, which you hopefully you're going to help with us today. So Christina Pat is our, is our guest today. And let me tell you a little bit about Christina. And then Christina, I want to have you answer some of the questions as I read your bio, because you've got quite the history (laughs) that I could just like talk to you all day about, but we'll try not to. So Christina has been a a teaching ancestral healing and shamanism for 30 years, which is huge. I mean, when has shamanism come into light again, really, Christina, in the last decade or 
like into the no to be fair i mean michael harner really presented the way of the shaman and got the foundation for shamanic studies going you know decades ago as part of that human potential movement really in the i don't know 70s 60s 70s oh yeah is there been more of a resurgence though with the kind of like the shift network and sounds true introducing it in a bigger way or yeah, probably, okay. probably, uh, probably a, a bit of a step from more of a centrist position of, of that place where we can all kind of play in the new age world together. And shamanism has been a little bit on the fringe, perhaps a little more specialized. And I think now people are realizing that there are certain issues that just are can be best addressed that way or most effectively addressed that way. And so people are starting to be open, I think more. Yeah, I'd have thought that's just too weird weird (laughs) well we're going to touch up on some of that weird stuff in a minute because i find it kind of fascinating and um i understand like i i'm a student of consciousness and i understand any type of ceremonial devotional intentional practice has a lot of power and con like seriously Mm -hmm. healing power manifestation whatever it's powerful So uh, let me continue with your bio, which we really just started. So Christina is a shamanic healer, author, and teacher of exceptional clarity, humor, and practicality. Her mission is to draw on the foundational wisdom of ancient peoples so we can rise with innovation and creativity to meet the challenges of our time. She is pioneering new shamanic techniques to deal with the illnesses of our times. So what, what illnesses, what, what are these techniques that they're re, you were referring to here, Christina, that you're working on? Well, the first thing is if we're going to talk about shamanic healing, I personally think we need to be aware that we aren't talking about anything that's mystical that we don't understand. Okay. <laughs> we don't already you. have a name for. Um, that, that to be respectful of the people from, uh, from whom this word comes, from this, from people in the Siberia, basically, and their traditional practices. Shaman comes out of versions of many words of many different peoples across the Siberia, and so tracking the word precisely is really hard to do. But basically, the bottom line is it speaks to a particular kind of healer that functioned in a healthy community with a lot of other kinds of healers, like medicine people and and bone setters and everybody else. So a shaman isn't someone who did everything. A shaman is a person who did basically three things, which is they entered into a specific altered state. So they're um, leaving this, like our conscious talking here, moving intentionally into an altered state on purpose. So that's the main thing is they can enter and exit this altered state on purpose. They're not just being caught by spirit randomly and not being caught by random spirits that they are doing this on purpose and engaging in a meaningful experience when they're in this altered state. So that's number one. Number okay. two, they are meeting their work group there. It's a really hard thing to explain to contemporary Americans, but basically this isn't random that they develop long-term working relationships that are very intimate with very specific helping spirits. And then they do something there in that invisible world, in the, in the journey world, that affects the change we want here in the physical world. So those things all have to happen for it to really be shamanism. And so it speaks to a very narrow, in a sense, set of skills. Okay, so that's the shamanism piece in the first place. So then the second thing is, what the hell am I doing, right? I'm a white girl from Oregon, like... <laughs> Right. So that's a whole nother story. But to answer your question, so the innovation is, okay, great. We, we're, we're doing these healing forms out of this long tradition that humanity has done all around the globe. We're doing these old kinds of shamanic healing like soul retrieval work. And as contemporary people, we have new problems because our culture is frankly not very healthy from a sense of cultivating our soul, um, a healthy understanding of our heart, and that ability to mediate our choices about how we use our power in our life through our choice, through our heart. Our culture is terrible teaching people practices around that, right? I mean, we're basically a codependent, addictive culture. Right now, we're the opiate crisis. When I was in my 20s, you know, we were the Prozac nation. You know, I mean, it's just, it just it, it's not getting better, right? It's kind of, and so... 
the innovations are looking at our contemporary problems. Why do we have them? Where are they coming from? How could we apply shamanic practices to this problem? One of the big ones being the need for ancestral healing. So that's the main one is the need for ancestral healing. And um, other innovations actually have to do with, which is actually the really fun part. Ancestral healing is, you know, you're really dealing with the problems in humanity, so it can be a long day at work. <laughs> the other one that I really enjoy is helping people work with um, transforming their shadow energies, which is a very contemporary thing, but shamanic skills make that really um, fun and joyful. Oh. And psychologically, it's a slog, man. It is hard work, right? The deeply long-term, uncomfortable psychological process. But with shamanic skills, it's actually um, kind of joyful. Oh. Yeah. So those are the two things that I've really looked at because I'm a contemporary woman. I'm American. I look at our culture and I think, man, I'm embarrassed to hand this down to my, you know, grandkids' grandkids. So what can I do to not be so embarrassed about being a grown-up right now? So, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you really clarify what being shaman. See, I thought shamans did everything. Mm -hmm. And you just told me that is not this case, which is everyone has their role. Mm -hmm. And now I understand the role of the shaman. And it kind of reminds me, I, I have a friend who did a, we had a webinar for the, the Mind, Body, Spirit Network once. And this woman works with MAP, mm -hmm. Medical Assistance Program, right? Yep. You heard of mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. It's working with what's called the White Brotherhood in mm -hmm. spirit form. So it's a similar, I mean, it's a very similar thing, working mm -hmm. with a non-physical team, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Well, but also, I mean, most of us have gone and gotten a massage, and some of us have gone and gotten a really bad one. Right, and then found out that the good massage person and the bad massage person both went to the same massage school, right? So what's the difference, right? And part of it is I think whenever we're using any system of skills that can be trained, but we connect with something bigger than us as a human being and let it move through us in that technique, whatever that technique is, then we're creating this vehicle for healing and transformation to happen. And, and that lets you know, this certain skill set, in this case, massage, right, yeah. offer a very different experience than the exact same skill set with someone who's not open to letting that energy move through. Another example would be Reiki, where the, the energy coming through has got a name, Reiki, right? <laughs> right? So, so that's the, the, the experience, I think, for us as humans is that we can have talents, we also can be trained and have skill. We can put those two things together and make some really magical things happen if we can learn in doing all of that to then also get out of the way. <laughs> so. Right. Ah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm, I've hit on my own mini shamanism, and I shared this with a couple of speakers ago, mm -hmm. that I kind of came into my own awareness. Like, I'm not the best at this, you know, graphic design or marketing or whatever, but I'm pretty good at it but I have the awareness I can call in the higher consciousness of this mm -hmm. and I kind of do. And that's, and then I tell myself and I just get the hell out of the way. Mm -hmm. And so my feeling is, is that we need to understand that this is part of being a human. This is part of being an adult and starting to step into bringing our gift to the world. There's a, a wonderful um, divination form I learned in one of the many things I trained in. And in that divination uh, kit, basically um, it's a cowrie reading, and there's two rings. One ring is symbolizing your relationship with the spirit world. The other ring is symbolizing your relationships with people, living people. Okay. Right? If you have, their perspective is, if, you, if nothing in your ring with the spirit world, you're not doing your thing in your life. You're not doing your gift. Because for us to give our real unique gift to the world, which we all have, but for us to do it, we have to have that thing you're talking about, that ability to connect to something bigger that we, than we are and move through us when we're doing it. And so for me, one of the great universal values of shamanic skills and principles to the everyday person is just getting you in relationship with your spirit help, who, whomever they may be and however you understand that, so that it's helping you do your thing. And that's called, in a shamanic culture that's healthy, 
that's called being an adult. And frankly, until you're doing that, you're not really an adult yet. Oh, yeah. And so there's this real, yeah, this real clarity about what is your responsibility as an adult that's very different than what's expected of you as a child. I love that perspective, Christina. That's a good, I'm I'm taking that one to the bank today. (laughs) And and feel good about it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. connect with something greater. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let me just finish up this bio here. So you're founder of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, just why I'm thinking of it, Christina's website is lastmaskcenter.org. L-A-S-T-M-A-S-K center.org for those of you listening to our podcast and she offers classes in contemporary life skills and shamanic healing for individuals families and communities including cycle of transformation a rigorous four-year training okay i want to ask about that in one second let me finish up the rest of this and come back because i'm like holy crow four years that's awesome she's also the host of the international live internet radio show why shamanism now and the author of the two-volume set, an encyclopedia of shamanism. Uh, And she has been a speaker at virtual summits on shamanism presented by both the Shift Network and Sounds True. So we just mentioned the Ancestral Healing Summit that Christina was on. And um, so, Christina, can you tell me about that four-year training? I mean, it's a little ahead of the game, but I'm curious. I'm like, what could that be about? One of the unique aspects of my own path with shamanism is that as I was growing and developing as a practitioner, doing shamanic healing, um, and, and pretty much straight out doing shamanic healing, it it was, it, it, I didn't really have a straight job. I'm not really very employable, to be honest. (laughs) 30 years in shamanism is kind of like painting a picture. So consequently, so I'm I'm developing and trying to learn to do shamanic healing, and I had a lot of opportunities open up to do a lot of shamanic healing, Um, like uh, being the summer shamanic healer at the Omega Institute in upstate New York, where, you know, just it's a lot of work. And so when you do anything a lot, you learn. You learn a lot, right? And I am enormous gratitude for all the, any client that came to me in the first decade of my practice because, you know, I was really, really learning. So while that was happening, simultaneous to that, um, there was this other thing happening that I honestly will freely admit I, I was not really clear what the whole thing was about in that first 10 years. But basically, I have been given a, sequ- a, a, a bunch of information which amounted to the first retreat and then smaller bits of information that worked me up to the fourth retreat. And the fourth retreat, all I had was a name and a vision for, and which was kind of fine because it literally took that entire decade to get you know enough people through number one to get them to number two, enough people through number two to get to number three, enough people in three to actually get to a four. Gotcha. And so uh, at the time, the year that I turned 40, I finished the encyclopedia, got that fourth workshop done, and I don't know, something else I can't remember that was really massive of, of this real culmination of this big phase in my life of learning what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so, right, how big is that so, encyclopedia? The encyclopedia is, you know, it's pretty big. It's two volumes, and it's a real encyclopedia. You know, um, right. it's got some essays up front index in the back everything alphabetical and it's looking at shamanism as a global phenomenon awesome and like so, anyway for your program with a lot of guides for that yeah okay so the four-year pro- program then evolved out of this experience of me realizing once i got to the fourth year which was about ancestral healing and at that point in time no one had ever put those two words together in my presence right this okay. idea that the ancestors needed to be healed because in a traditional indigenous culture, animist culture, or shamanic culture, any, any of the beginnings of the first peoples, if you said ancestor, it was a absolutely qualifiably good thing. There is no idea of a need for ancestral healing for one very specific, well, two very specific reasons. They tended their dead, that they absolutely made sure that anyone who died 
that their soul succeeded in their journey to where they were going, to the whatever comes next, whatever that might be, however you think about that. And that people tried to live in such a way that at their death, they wouldn't need help. In other words, I live my life in a way that my relationships are reconciled, my affairs are in order, I've lived my life, I've done the best I can to do what I've come here to do, and I'm done. <laughs> I'm yeah. tired. I'm ready to go home, you know, in a big way. And I can just walk out of here and just leave my body behind. So that's a good, that's a well-lived life and it's a good death from a shamanic perspective. And the idea was, and when that doesn't happen, if we, you know, for whatever reason that doesn't happen, the person then would be assisted in making that happen at the end of their life. And in that way, we made sure everybody got where they needed to go. So the dead were with the dead the living were with the living, which allowed then, and this is the big important piece, allowed the living to then ask their ancestors to come back as helping spirits. And that's a ritual process, a ceremonial process that is formal, and it, it invites them back in that new role. And so the really important thing for us to understand is just because you're dead does not mean you're any smarter than you were when you were living. That you're basically stuck here and you're a ghost and should not be treated as spirit help. And that is a big problem because a lot of people do treat their dead relatives as spirit help. Oh, <laughs> like that favorite grandma they won't let go of. It's not such a good idea. Right. So anyway, my point is, uh, I was actually talking about the four-year program. So anyway, ancestral healing, right? So this comes together in this fourth year, and I learned this process for doing it from my spirit help. Because that's the other thing. Every year is an entire year of teaching. It's really complex teaching. It's all given by spirit. And it's each about the four primary archetypal energies we need to be in right relationship with to do our thing, to do our transformative thing here in the world. We need to be in right relationship with the healer and the warrior and the teacher leader and the um, visionary. Because anything we do, whatever we do, is going to require that there's some of all of that. Right. because our unique genius hasn't been done yet. And so we have to lead ourselves. We have to fight for it. We have to have that vision and we have to heal to be able to do it. It doesn't matter whether I'm a politician or um, have a gas station or an amazing, you know, clairvoyant or whatever that I'm still going to need those things. So each year reconciles our relationship with each of those archetypal energies so we can do our thing. Okay. And so that fourth year, which is about the ancestors, was about getting right with the visionary. Because what happens when we have ancestors that need to heal is they color our vision. Their attitude is overlaid on our sense of the world and our sense of ourselves. Oh. And so if they have a bad attitude about life, it's going to be embedded in our experience of life without our knowing it. And so we don't see it as a choice. If we don't see it as a choice, we don't unchoose it. We just do it and propagate it. And so this is a large thing that we're experiencing now at this point in time after several thousand years of not tending our dead. And we, we're all equally guilty, so I'm not blaming anybody specifically, right? We, we, we don't. Think of your funeral process, right? You, even, even a celebration of life, you just hand the dead person off to God, who, however you, you know, whatever name you give God, right? Yeah, inspect God to do it. It's not God's job, is basically what shamanism says. It's our job, right? And so this is the issue. So the four-year program is about getting people to that place by the fourth year where they have the skills to go in and do some really, the really hard, heavy lifting of ancestral healing and open up to, which is another thing you want to talk about, their ability to craft their dream in this life and truly manifest their soul's purpose in a way that is good for all living things. And so the shamanic idea is the dream's already been dreamt. My life is already in the dream, fully manifest. My job is to align with that and to do it and to give it to the world. Or because I have free will, I can choose not to. And that's the problem, right? As human beings, right? We can choose not to do the right thing. We can choose not to love ourselves. We can choose not to be what we've come here to be. And so that's really what the four-year program is about, is how do you get right with all the energies you need to get right with that are helping you and that are within you so you do your thing 
You know, you bring your gift to the world through everything that you do and do that in a way that is so inspiring. You wake everybody else up to the fact that they can do that too. Like that's really the point of the four-year program. It doesn't train anybody to be a shaman. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay. Well, that's, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I'm four years. It's a big commitment, right? No kidding. Yeah. It's a commitment to yourself though. Mm -hmm. Well, what I do do after people have completed the four years periodically in my student community, who have of people that have completed this process or in the process, I offer what I call healing forms where we spend a kind of a long year and we go through all the different shamanic healing forms. So they learn how to do shamanic healing, but they've always got already got this huge basis of living shamanically in the world. Oh, you know, so it's easy to teach them how to do different shamanic um, healing skills because they're relatively, e I always say they're very easy to do. They're very hard to do well. <laughs> Anybody can learn to do shamanic healing. That is kind of the problem today is they're not hard. It's hard to do well. Right. That's the tricky piece. Yeah. So anyway, um, but that's your answer. The, the, my best answer about the four year program is that's what that's really about is how do we become shamanic people addressing our contemporary life, not just contemporary people doing fun shamanic things. Nice. I love the phrase living shamanically in the world. Because shamanic stuff is really fun. I mean, it's really cool stuff to do. And you can run around chasing those highs your whole life. Right. <laughs> and not get down to any business that really matters. <laughs> right. So you got to be beware of that. Beware yeah. of shiny object syndrome. Right. Yeah. Focus on what yeah. you're talking about is express what you came here to be, the dream. I mean, when I was writing the encyclopedia, all I wanted to do was make enough money to travel around the world, learn everybody's sacred dancing, take everybody's sacred plant medicines, and learn about their shamanism and just go around the world and just be a great big shamanic nerdy sponge. <laughs> because it's so cool, right? But that's not my purpose. Oh, really? <laughs> I love to do it. It's yes. just not my purpose, you know? Do a little bit of it. <laughs> I have done some, yes, okay. but all, all in a way that keeps focusing me back on what am I supposed to uniquely be bringing to the world. Yeah. So is that ancestral healing then, the understanding? That is a piece. There was a point um, a few years ago where death came into me and said, you know, you need to make a choice here, Missy, because you are not going to live forever and you can't do both of these projects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and at that point, I, I did pick ancestral healing over something else. But that was very near and dear to my heart. It really needed shamanic skills applied to it. But I, I you know, I'm 58, almost 59. I can't do both. I, I get it. So, yeah. And Death, Death yeah. said, you know, <laughs> you know you're not ready to die tomorrow. Because I, I, I had felt that way in the beginning of my life with shamanism. It was such an awakening. And I was so happy to be alive. And I... I really believe that every day I, I was, um, was, it would have been a good day to die. I mean, I really lived that way for a decade. I was so satisfied with my expression in the world, but I just kept living. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I went, oh, crap, now I understand there's more. <laughs> and then, you know, and then death comes in and goes, yeah, and actually, if you died today, you would regret the fact that you haven't done these things, so get at it. Oh, well, at least someone was telling you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's a what's a kind of a, a non shamanic way of being told? Well, you know, this is this to me is one of the problems I think about our contemporary life is that I actually believe every single one of us is in this great conspiracy, with absolutely the object of it that our life and our soul are conspiring at all the time to get us to wake up to why we're here all the time. Every single one of us. And then we just learn what our skills are. Like you said, you're somewhat of a clairvoyant. So we learn what, our ta you know, what talents did we arrive with and how do we use that. And then we also learn skills too because you know, raw talent can get us in trouble. Like how many amazing singers end up having that awful like, throat surgery you know, right. several decades into their and never sing again? I mean, it's just horrible, right? Yeah. So, you know. Training our talent matters. You know, these things all matter, really, in our life. But, you know, the basic thing is, what, 
our medicine, you know, what we've really brought to in this world that is not yet known actually doesn't begin with our happy place. It usually starts out with something that is really kind of a poison in our life, something that we're, we're really stumbling on, or many people talk about a, an illness, but I actually believe we have an opportunity to pick up medicine multiple times if we live long and live well. Yeah. And that it almost always begins with a po- what is a poison to us. Yeah. So like my original medicine was the fact that I was so profoundly and beautifully dysfunctional in my relationships. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Can I give you a crown for that? A little yeah, tip? Yeah. And, and I really learned through that poison and that just constant, you know, heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak and trying to learn from that. I really learned this, this beginning of one of the first things that I teach now, which is about energy body mastery and clearing. But the point that I wanted to make is that from a shamanic perspective, we, we recognize, oh, this is a poison. I'm taking it. Let me let the poison transform me. But I have to wake up to that first. Otherwise, I just keep you know, having the same relationship over and over and over again or whatever the poison is, right? But I wake up and I go, oh, this is a poison and, and I'm taking it okay and then I let the poison transform me into the person who can transform the poison so it's my job to turn that poison into medicine but I can't do that until I let it change me so I had to become the person who didn't keep getting into those same relationships I had to learn things I had to heal I had to transform and then I could begin to transform all of that poison of my (laughs) 20, my 20s, basically, <laughs> into what are now this really beautiful set of teachings that are really um, available for everybody. Back to that whole, you know, there's a lot of this that is about how do we be a good human right? yeah. before we start talking about shamanism or Buddhism or, or whatever, you know, body work, whatever we're doing. Basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basics. Okay, I love this topic of ancestral healing, and especially because it showed up rather vividly mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, well, I don't know. Let's talk about, there's other stuff we can talk about, but mm-hmm. I, let's go with the ancestral healing. Right. Apparently, that's what you're here for, woman. Yes. <laughs> okay, so, you know, the thing is, we, none of us get here without ancestors, right? We all have ancestors. We may or may not like them. We may or may not have a lot of stories about them. We may or may not know a whole bunch about genealogy or not. And, and there, I mean, the beauty of that conference that uh, summit that shift network did is they did a good job talking about the science of it, the psychology of it, the shamanism of it. I mean, it's showing up everywhere. Yeah. This, this realization that these patterns are a thing. And whether we want to try to look for them in the DNA or in shamanism, I mean, shamanism itself as a practice is really about pattern recognition when we're in that, in that journey state, in the shamanic journey state and, and rec- recognizing patterns, which is something human beings do. I mean, some do it better than others, yep. but it's one of the things that makes us human is the fact that we do recognize patterns in things and so that you just really have to cultivate that ability in the journey to start to make what's pattern and what's noise you know because there's a big issue around interpreting and working in that altered state but you know that's a whole nother show anyway the ancestral thing is the fact that the unresolved ancestral energy show up as patterns that can be tracked like any other energy. And so learning, so, you know, a lot of shamanic practitioners work with animal helping spirits. A lot of the animal kingdom are animals that track or animals that are tracked, but either way they know about that. How do you get a human being who doesn't really do that anymore? Like most of us don't have tracking skills anymore, right? Right. We used to, right. But I couldn't go track my dinner tonight. I mean, I'd starve. (laughs) I see that type of tracking. Right, that kind of tracking. But in the spirit world, I'm pretty good. And so part of it is just learning that these energies can actually be tracked. And then that's kind of the hard way to do it from here, the living back. Like this is the problem my client is experiencing. Let me track that problem back in their ancestral line. Well, you don't have to do that a few times before you realize, crap, this is going to take forever. Right. 
right? And you go, I'm not going to live this long and my client session is about up, you know, what do I do? And that's what I did with my helping spirits. I said, I, this, isn't there a better way to do this? This is going to take forever. Right. And um, my helping spirits, as usual, go, we, we were hoping you'd ask, you know, we're waiting for you to ask. And because the thing about shamanic work is you don't get an answer that is ahead of where you are. So your questions are really showing the spirit world where you are in terms of conceiving of the situation. And then you get an answer that matches that. So you can do something with it. There's no point in giving anybody an answer. They can't do something with. I mean, how many times have you felt like, okay, that car accident was an answer to question. (laughs) I have no idea what the message was. You know, it's like, I know life is trying to tell me, but what is life trying to tell me? How often are we in that place? A lot. Frankly. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so with ancestral healing, I asked, okay, so isn't there a better way to do this? And they said, well, yeah, because somebody just like you started this pattern. I go, what do you mean just like me? They said, just a regular human, a regular human having a spectacularly bad life <laughs> made particularly bad decisions <laughs> that started this pattern. And if you go back to the beginning, it's simpler because you're with that first person who's frankly, just like you, it's easier to understand why they did what they did. And so I got in following this line of direction, I got taken to a man who was one of those really big, strong men back in the day where being able to you know, pull your own plow and be really strong, really mattered, but he was not very intelligent. Like, noticeably, not very intelligent. Yeah. His (laughs) wife, on the other hand, yeah, loved him dearly and did all the churning the butter and the blah, blah, blah in the home. She happened to be extremely intelligent. And it, she didn't care that her husband was unintelligent. She his, had a heart of gold. She loved him dearly. He loved her. Happy as could be. Had a little baby. He had a really bad day. And thing, you know, he had been taken advantage of because of he wasn't very smart. You know, like a whole lot of things. Re, you know, we know. We've had them. Bad days, right? Where you just want to throttle somebody. Yeah. <laughs> just a bad day. He came into his house. He said something. She responded. They actually just misunderstood. He just misunderstood. And he just hauled off and swung and hit her. And she fell back, hit her head on the hearth, this big stone hearth, and dropped dead in front of the child. And that began the pattern. Yikes. Right. And so here's just a guy, you know, just a normal guy who just did a horrible thing. But there's no do-over for the living, right? Because she's now dead. And so the ancestral healing opportunity is for me to walk in and say, well, you know, you're all dead at this point. (laughs) Because this is many generations back, right? Yeah. So what would it feel like to do this over? And so, so a lot of ancestral healing is about walking back either to where there was a choice of a fork in the road or bringing in people so, that are already dead so he could realize his wife still loved him. She understood it was an accident. She really wished he would just let go and cross over and be with her so they could be. And, you know, it's like this, this communication doesn't finish. The energy doesn't get worked out. And the biggest problem is what the baby took from that whole experience, which was life is dangerous yeah, and it will kill you. Oh, right. And so my client was dealing with infertility. So that pattern of I'm not coming into the world, it's too dangerous, was now just basically embedded in her ovaries. She had no reason to not get pregnant. Her husband had no reason for them not getting pregnant. and. 11 months after this session, I got a, car, a birth announcement. Oh. So the point, the point of this was really recognizing how this message, it, the way this infant child had internalized this experience had been handed down through all these generations and was now being embodied in, in, this, in this woman's body. And the opportunity by being able to work outside of time in the journey state 
with these basically dead people yeah. to make a change happen, which is obviously not changing history. We can't oh, change history. Okay. But we can, in the same way we know personally, I can change how I carry my history, right? We all know that from our own personal healing work. I can't change the fact that I experienced that, but I can change how I hold it, how I carry it forward, how I feel about myself because of it, etc. That's how we change. We can help the ancestors do the same thing. So we can help them change how they feel about it, basically. Okay, now they're dead people. How are they feeling anything? It's our own life force that we're offering up. So it's really an act of service to go as the living with my free will and say, for this moment of this healing, I offer the power of transformation that is in every beating human heart to you to reconcile this so that my client can have a better life. And so for this moment, while I am here with you, I'm not really a dead person. I just look like it. I'm in this journey. I'm a living person, which means there's free will here. There's a heart here. You know, there's this opportunity for change right here, right now. And honestly, some dead people are pretty incalcitrant. And I just say, look, this is a one-time deal. <laughs> I am here right now. I am not coming back. So you can seize this opportunity to help me make this change happen, or I'm leaving. And you're going to be stuck here for all of eternity. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be a little pushy. But anyway, the point is, as a living person, you not only have power to create change in your own life, but you have power to create change in the lives of these dead people, assuming they're going to work with you to do that. And so anyway, the point is the pattern can get changed at the beginning and then ultimately has to get changed all the way through all the generations of the dead to the living. And then my job's over. <laughs> okay. And now you have to clear your version of that pattern. Um. But the change is now you can. So what we experience when we're actually experiencing ancestral healing issues and we don't know it yeah. is we're doing all that beautiful work we're doing these days to change and transform and heal and we feel ourselves it's different. And then a few months later we go, this is that same stupid pattern at this new level of awareness. I, I mean, everybody who has not experienced that, right? Exactly, right? So we do the work again. We recognize this pattern. We know we did this work. We do the work again. Maybe we do it a little deeper level and we clear it, change our life, bring somewhat new things into life. Six months later, right? New version, yes. same pattern. And some people go, oh, well, that's just the onion skin. It's like, screw the onion skin, people. This is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing, oh, life is just an onion skin. We all, you know, like, no, no, this is a problem. And so what's happening with ancestral healing is I am not the source of the problem. I'm experiencing it. I'm the symptom out here in the land of the living. But the source is back here in this fabric of the dead, woven of the dead, really. And so I can clear mine, but then it's oozing forward again out of the dead. And so many people actually can feel, after they've done a lot of their own clearing, they'll come to me and they go, I can feel myself getting hijacked by this energy. And there's always this gesture of it coming from behind us because in a healthy relationship with my ancestors, they stand behind me. They've got my back. They're a source of protection and a source of guidance when they're true ancestral helping spirits. We're in this, they're funky, this other funky place. They're just like, Ugh. anyway, so that's what it feels like. And, and every, I mean, everybody listening, I'm sure, has had that experience of, why am I in this pattern again? I did that work. Yes. I know I did that work. <laughs> I want right. to scream, yes. So, right. And so that, that often, I mean, I'm going to say always, but that often is the fact that you're not the source of the problem. The source is in the ancestors. So if we go back and clear it in the ancestors, now you can clear it one more time and it's done. Ah, because However, it's not going to ooze forward again. But you need to make sure you're working with the right ancestors, right? Cooperative, wanting to move forward type. Well, or this is the thing. You know, we've all got some pretty dubious characters in the, <laughs> in the background. But someone who truly messes up their life really badly, but then reconciles it, is a great teacher. 
right? I mean, people that have never made a mistake, they don't really know anything, right? <laughs> right? But if you just like floating along, yeah. life is good. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, it, it, it's all coming to me. It's all easy. I don't really actually know how to deal with life when I, everything goes chaotic and sideways. I don't know how to find my center because it's never been chaotic for me. Right? You know, the, the, the people we really want to learn from are those people that have suffered hard things in life. We, we are faced with really hard things right now in our current time. I have enormous hope for our ability to deal with it, even though, granted, uh, many days it seems pretty impossible. But if we could start changing these, because I know how much crossing one dead person over in one person's life changes their life. It changes everything in their life. And that's one dead person. Wow. So if now we do the whole pattern that got that person stuck there in the first place, that changes not only that person, it changes everybody who's living in that whole family line and all the descendants and all of the ancestors. So all of a sudden, you know, that whole field theory about if I heal my own patterns of being a victim, it makes it that much easier for everybody else to heal theirs. Okay. So in one ancestral healing, if we're counting people, let's say we clear a victim pattern. We may have just cleared that for 500 people in one healing for one person. So we start getting the numbers on our side for being able to lift humanity out of this, these habitual changes, uh, decisions that have been made by our ancestors to go to war, you know, to stay patriarchal, to dominate people of color, to, you know, all these things. And to stop using those as our go-to answer for how we get things done, but actually realize, no, we need to start getting things done in ways that are sustainable, ways that honor and respect all living things, not just human, but non-human. No, there's a whole lot of new ways of thinking we need to do. And if your brain is infused with unresolved ancestral patterns, you can't think new thoughts. So, Christina, do you still work one-on-one -on -one for people? Because I'm like, I want to hire you right now. Because <laughs> well, I'm so yes. tired of the crap. Like, you're talking, exactly. so tired yeah. of thinking I've worked it through, and it's still there. You're right. What the so, heck? Yeah, so I work one-on-one -on -one with people, and the people, the handful of people that have done my healing forms also do that. Um, and this is part of the point of this Shift Network class, right, is to okay. begin to teach everybody what can you do? How do you begin? Because there's a huge part of this everybody can do to just connect with their well ancestors. Because we all have more well ancestors than unwell ancestors, right? We have Because from the very beginning of people, they've had well ancestors. This whole not doing it right is just a very contemporary contrivance, right? So we have a lot of well ancestors that are trying to help, but it's sort of like, if they're way back here and I'm right here in between us is all the unwell ancestors. And for many of us, a lot of people are estranged from their family. They don't have good relations with their family. They don't want to turn that way for guidance. They're just no. trying to go over here and get healed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of no going on relative to our relations and our ancestors and the dead. Well, the problem is that gets our whole healthy ancestor stuck behind that no as well. Ah. Right. And so what I, what everybody can do is learn to say yes. How do you say yes to the well ancestors without saying yes to the unwell ancestors? And so that's one thing everybody can learn to do. And then my well ancestors can help get those unwell ancestors off my back. Oh. <laughs> right. So that's number two yeah. that we it's can like, learn oh, to come do. On, this distraction. Let's come this way, you guys. Right. Exactly. Right. And then the third thing that everybody can learn to do is to begin to track those patterns that really are those simple patterns where it's just a person like you or me having a really bad life and making really bad decisions on a bad day and not being able to take it back, not, not having the time or whatever is needed to reconcile it, even though we want to. Yeah. We can actually deal with those people ourselves because they really are, do just need that opportunity to, to, to be return to that place where they see there was possibilities, there were other choices, so there is hope. And at that place, then they can be cleared out. So all of that, though it seems like kind of a big deal, with the right skills and practices, everybody can do. 
You don't need any shamanic training. And that will lift this burden of all this unresolved stuff off us so we get some breathing room. Then we can say, okay, this problem, yeah, that's kind of too big for me. Christina, could you deal with this? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and really bring the icky stuff. Because, you know, some of our ancestors weren't good people. They chose to they they chose intentionally to harm other people. So that's a harder pattern to clear. Yeah. Some people actually not only chose to harm other people, but it was a great conspiracy to do it. It, 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 it you know, was against an entire group of people or over many generations. So that becomes harder to deal with as well. And these are things you would learn to identify, like, this is mine to do. I can do it. This is not mine to do. I can't do this. This is what I need to sort of roll up the line to people that are specifically skilled to do this. The other thing about this as, as, I don't know, as awful as some of this really sounds, the truth is some people really love it. Once they have the skills to do it, they go, wow, I'm good at this. I'm like really good with the dead. Oh, (laughs) You know, a lot of people find it is just their sweet spot and they really like helping other people doing this. It's a, it's a bit of fascinating thing. I never expected because it's often in my student community, the people I least expect to like it because you're always dealing with people behaving badly. And you know, that's hard, (laughs) but some people just love that opportunity to get into that really stuck place and bring that hope and that possibility and change. And they're really good at it. They're really patient. Um, Yeah. This, this one woman, the, the, remedy that she got while she was in doing an ancestral healing was oh this person needed to hear this particular buddhist prayer five thousand times i'm like did you do that prayer five thousand times she goes oh it took me a few journeys but and i got some monks to do it with me but eventually we got it done i was like wow wow but she she loved doing it it worked made her happy you know helped the client (laughs) nice so this is another thing about bringing the basic skill set in to people's kind of everyday life. You know, you don't have to buy the whole shamanic car. <laughs> you can just go for a ride. Is <laughs> just learning the part that is just you as a human. You've got ancestors. You can learn to be in right relationship with them because you're in relationship with them anyway. They're in your blood. Right. We can't not be in relationship with them. We can just be unconscious of the relationship that we're in with them. I'm tired of that being. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me introduce. So for all you listeners and viewers, um, Christina has a shift network event this month. And if you're watching this, it's uh, September through October um, of 2019. And she, she uh, introduces her class with a free webinar called Healing with Your Ancestors, Elemental Rituals and Shamanic Practices to Transform Ancestral Suffering into Sacred Medicine. Now, the live um, event has already passed, but you can still access the event and the recording through about um, October 9th, I think. You can still, or even beyond. When does the, the official class start, Christina? Do it does know? start on the 9th. It starts on the 9th. Mm-hmm. And typically with the Shift Network, even if a class has started, you can choose to go in on the class at any point and still get the recordings and do all that. I think that's correct, right, Christina? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. You still can do that. So um, even though you may listen or view this at a later time, I'm pretty darn sure you can always access the class. Mm-hmm. So... If you go to the mindbodyspiritnetwork.com slash ancestral-healing, you can register to listen in on the recording. And then through the recording, you'll be able to access um, the course if you decide you'd like to take the course. And um, I'll also have another uh, – I have a blog post with this interview that will be at the mindbodyspiritnetwork.com slash interview-christina dash Pratt, P-R-A-T-T. And I'll always have um, a calendar of events. So if another event comes up with Christina in it, you'll always be able to access that, especially like the Ancestral Healing Summit. I'm sure they'll do that again, right, Christina? I hope so, yeah. Did they give you feedback on the results of that for them? Or Mm -hmm. I know I had huge traffic, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think... um 
I think they're having the same experience that you did, which is, wow, people are interested in this. Again, you know, we all have ancestors. We're all trying to figure it out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, you've been a part of one of their shamanic summits. Do you think you'd be a part of a shamanic summit again? Would that be part of Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'd love to. I mean, I, I um, because of the four-year program, which is kind of a unique thing, I, I have so many different avenues of work um, in, in that shamanic realm, and not everybody wants to go into that shamanic realm, but for those that do, there are just so many options, and you know, I could probably do 50 summits and still not repeat what I'm talking about. Oh, I know. You've got, there's so many. I mean, I have more questions we could ask, but let's finish this up. Just so people that know, so if you visit that web link, which I'll show on the video, interview-Christina-Pratt, I'll have links to her website. And if we, we work together, I'll have links to courses that you can continue in her four-year program. All of that stuff you'll find on our interview page so that um, you're not left high and dry after listening or viewing this video, even though this current event has passed or will pass in a couple months. It will still be accessible to you. Somehow you can connect with Christina for sure. And again, her website is Last Mask Center? Yes, okay. .org. Dot, what is that all about? Last? Last Mask? Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a teacher back in the beginning days and he tried to get me to explain what I was doing. And honestly, I didn't really understand the whole four-year program yet, but I kind of understood the basics, which was that contemporary people wear masks, you know, the good father mask, the, you know, um, oh. good worker mask, all these different masks of identities that we wear. And for first, first nations, people's masks were really about revealing their truth, not hiding it. Oh. And what I really understood about the four-year program from the very beginning, it was about learning to take off those masks and live authentically, not need to wear a mask in anything. And he said, you can never figure out a name for that. It's too complicated. So pick a name that people have to ask about. <laughs> and so the last mask is that idea that I would live so authentically that, that the fact of being human would be just this last mask that I'm wearing that holds me in form in a life that is otherwise fully lived and fully realized. Nice. That's All right, funny. I want to spell that out, Christina, because we do have podcast listeners mm -hmm. that I'm not that articulate. So <laughs> last, L-A-S-T, mask, M-A-S-K, center.org. There we go. There we go. I have, I have one more question, maybe two. Mm -hmm. And okay. then I know you have to go, but we have a few more minutes, so I think we could ask one more question. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I, I told you I just finished reading a book by another shamanic, a Celtic shamanic mm -hmm. practitioner called Up a Tree. And it's, and it's a novel, but it's also a shamanic handbook. Hmm. And it's really for beginners, which is mm -hmm. what I am. So in the book, she talks about taking shamanic journeys. Mm -hmm. And you were kind of describing a shamanic journey, but you didn't really kind of, I think I want to let the audience know what you were talking about mm -hmm. when you mm -hmm. help someone with ancestral healing as you go on a shamanic journey, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So could you just describe kind of quickly mm -hmm. what a shamanic journey is again? Yeah. And so this is, you know, we are living in this time where there's a lot of um, confusion about what things are and what they aren't. Um, but it's important to understand that human beings are designed to go into many altered states. It's one of the wonderful things about being a human. And the shamanic altered state is a very specific altered state. And there are many things that are similar. I mean, they are altered states, but it's a huge pie. Like the, the human being altered state pie is really big, right? Shamanic altered states are this really particular wedge in the pie. It's a nice piece, but it's not the whole pie. Okay. And what's really unique about shamanic uh, altered states is they are all task-driven. So, for example, if I'm in a more meditative altered state, another part of the pie, maybe the purpose of this meditation is for me to dissolve my sense of myself into the oneness and just be part of the oneness, real common goal of a med of meditative practices okay that's not a shamanic altered state okay no task no focus 
in that. The, the altered state is the point, period. Okay. Right. Beautiful thing to do. Yeah, beautiful on task. Right. Shamanic okay. altered state on task. So in the journey, I may change who I am and what I think I am, but I stay on task. <laughs> right? Okay. And so in a shamanic altered state, what is happening is I'm doing a skill that's a repeatable. It's a, it's a technique that we can learn to enter into essentially where we all go at night when we're dreaming. So it's that place. It's a very symbolic place. It's very fluid. It doesn't make any sense once you wake up. Right? Oh, and yeah. so when we're journeying, we're learning to go into that realm where things are very symbolic and have, are dripping with meaning and we encounter other beings there intentionally and awake. Okay. So we all go there at night, but we fall asleep. And so we learn to go there intentionally. We, because we don't really know that realm very well, we connect with our spirit help first. So I, go, I enter the realm, I connect with my spirit help, and then I ask my question, which is my task, right? I either have an intention, I either state my intention, or I ask my question, and that's my task. And then my helping spirit takes me on an adventure or journey, right? This experience that in some way can now be interpreted to answer that question. Okay. And so, so in the example that you gave, mm -hmm. would your intention to be like go straight to the source and say, okay, this is what I want to go straight to the source of this problem. Let's get away out of the way of the sick ancestors and go to the well one and just get to the point. Can you do that? It is kind of like that. There's okay. a little bit of a trickiness okay. in that because there's a trickiness in shamanic journey. Again, easy to do, hard to do well. Okay. And, and the, the trick is being first off backing up and making sure I am not making any assumptions. So let's say the person is experiencing diabetes. So I am not going to go ask for the origin of diabetes. Okay. Because I actually don't know what the origin is because diabetes may be the thing. It may be a symptom of a thing. Right. right. And so, so we have to parse through some things like that. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shamanic journeying. So mm -hmm. is, it, is it the two volume insight? Have you written other books as well, Christina? I have not written other books. Okay. Yeah. That most of my writing has gone into the topics for the radio show, for the podcast. Oh, yeah. oh. Did we talk about your radio show? We did not. We didn't. Did we talk about that quickly. Quickly. So basically, it's about 450 plus hours of podcasts, free oh. podcasts in an archive. Nice. So it was 10 years of live shows every week. Wow. 10 years. Yeah. And not so much live every week now um, because I'm transitioning to some other things. But there's a huge archive and it's all free for anyone who can get on the internet. And it's at whyshamanismnow.com. And there's lots of shows about ancestral healing. Oh, cool. Oh, that you did? Mm hmm Okay. And is it all you, or do you bring in some other people? On it's both. It's a lot of me. Okay, cool. Well, you know, you it's wrote a lot the of me. encyclopedia woman. Thank you. <laughs> and, and many guests, many really wonderful guests. Um, and there's a beautiful book about ancestral healing called Ancestral Medicine by Daniel Ford. And there's two episodes where Daniel talks about his book. Oh, oh good. There's multiple shows of me just talking about ancestral healing, what it is, why we need to do it, stuff like that. Danielle yeah. Four. F-O-O-R. Daniel Four. He's come through the Shift Network before. Yes. I didn't quite get what he was doing when they came. Yes. All right. I need to look up at him again. Yes. All right. He, yeah. And that course is still available for people that want to look into that too. Oh, all right. So whyshamanismnow.com is Christina's Huge volume of podcast to learn all about shamanism. What's the name of the, of the encyclopedia again, Christina? The encyclopedia is An Encyclopedia of Shamanism. Okay. And you can, um, it's two volumes. And the problem with Amazon is sometimes they sell one volume at a time, which is really oh. dumb. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know about that. Anyway, but you can get to it through lastmaskcenter.org. You can go to the store tab and okay. get it that way. Then cool. you'll get both volumes. All right. <laughs> So we have, I'm going to have all these resources on the podcast notes and on the YouTube notes and the blog everywhere. You're going to have plenty of resources here, you guys. And I, I do want to recommend for beginners, uh, one of my uh, Shift Network faculty members, her name is Jane Byrne. She's a Celtic shaman, shaman, shamanic practitioner. She wrote a book, Up a Tree, 
super fun read. She's a great writer. And then there's 10 lessons on basic shamanic practices in the back of the book. So that's another great resource. I got to check out that encyclopedia woman. <laughs> Thank you for doing that <laughs> and being divinely guided and paying attention to what you're here on task for. <laughs> Although I think you deserve to go travel around the world a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. <laughs> Everyone that's listening, thank you for joining us today. If you like what's going on or have questions or comments, please make them wherever you're watching this. We're all over the place. Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, websites, wherever. And if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, it's HighVibeTribeRadio.com. And our YouTube channel is HighVibeTribeTV.com. And our website is the mindbodyspiritnetwork.com where you can find all these amazing healers, teachers, practitioners of alternative and holistic transformational ways of being. <sighs> Christina, thank you, my love. Thank so you very much, Liz. Your contribution to healing and this ancestral thing. Thank you. Bye, everybody. there, lovey Lou. If you are new to your weekly dose of Higher Consciousness podcasts or an avid listener, I have something just for you. I created a landing page with all of my playlists in one place. So for new listeners, I created a playlist called Foundational Basics. This is where you will want to begin to come up to speed on your understanding of the map of consciousness a proven energy scale for realizing your ultimate potential by Dr. David R. Hawkins and with where we are now. For avid listeners, I've created playlists for all of my popular topics like 1001 Ways to Be of Higher Consciousness, 1001 Ways to Let Go of, those great higher consciousness quizzes that helps you uh, test your your intuition and develop discernment skills, tools for transformation, high vibe book recommendations, and my general main topics. You can find all of these playlists on the website at themindbodyspiritnetwork.com forward slash podcast, or you can find it in the link below in the show notes. Now back to today's episode.